Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is none other in heaven or on earth. Welcome to another episode of Hope in Christ with Denise. Here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast, where we place our hope in the only hope there is, Christ our Lord. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. I am your host, Pastor Denise, and I am the founder of Hope in Christ Ministries. And at Hope in Christ, we are healthy overcomers, purpose with an eternal perspective. We're going to open with a word of prayer, and then we'll begin the second part of our interview of the authors from Angels Working Overtime. Father God, we thank you, O oh God, for this time. We thank you, Lord, for being able to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for those that are listening, that anyone that would hear this broadcast, that they would place their hope in you, Father. We pray, Lord, that you would open eyes, remove the stony places of the heart, and that people would come into the knowledge of who Christ is. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, welcome back to today's show. We have another set of interviews for the authors from Angels Working Overtime. It's an anthology compiled by national best-selling author Vanessa Miller. And these women have done a phenomenal job with their chapters in this book, and we're going to talk about it tonight. So we have two of the authors here. Robin Pendleton and Linda Hargrove. And we're going to start with Linda introducing herself and then Robin. All right. Hi, this is Linda Hargrove, uh, as you said. Thanks for having me on. I um, actually write under my full name. That's Linda Lee Hargrove, L-E-I-G-H. And I started writing in... uh, 1996, 1996, it was a while, and back then self-publishing was not really a thing, so I um, tried to get a a traditional publisher and took actually 10 years to uh, get a traditional publisher to pick up my first book, and that was um, The Making of Isaac Hunt, picked up by... Moody Publishers, and that was in 2007, actually, when that book came out. Then the second was 2008, and um, after that, with the economic downturn, I actually didn't um, publish the third book traditionally, ended up self-publishing. So fast forward uh, through the... The years in between, I've actually published, uh, self-published, um, six other books. So there's nine in all that I've, I've gotten print and um, as e-books as well. Um, in addition to writing, I, of course, I like to read, uh, but I'm also a mom of three boys, and um, my husband and I have been married, well, this may be 
was it 28 years? It's hard to, yeah, 28 years. And um, uh, I'm also an engineer. I work at a local university here in the Charlotte area. So it's, it's good to be on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And Robin? Hi, I'm Robin Pendleton. I currently live in South Florida. I've lived here approximately 25 years. I am a transplant from North Carolina. I ended up in Florida for graduate school. So I'm uh, happy to be on with a fellow North Carolinian. And I have been writing for a very long time. I know we're going to discuss that not as lucrative and not as extensive as Linda but I started writing when I was very young. My day job, I'm a marketing coordinator and production editor for the corporate headquarters of Office Depot. And I am the oldest of five siblings, and I have quite a lot of nieces and nephews. And so I'm auntie to many, and I also have been the mother to many. Thank you, Robin and Linda. So we're going to jump right into the questions. Um, the first question that I have for, we can have Robin, you can answer this one. Um, my first question is to tell us about your chapter in Angels Working Overtime. Well, Angel on My Tale is my story in the anthology. An angel on my tail is about how faith has a head-on collision with fear and how quoting scriptures doesn't really seem enough to resuscitate and restore Rita Parsons to her God-fearing, steadfast, unmovable state. And those who know me and have read the story, they know that Rita Parsons is based on my life. I did work in the prison system for uh, 23 years. And I have been a Christian for a long time. I was baptized when I was nine years old. But Rita is the main person in Angel on My Tail. And Rita is very courageous. She's in her 20s, young black female working in a male prison. She's actually not afraid to walk among murderers and rapists and drug dealers, nor is she afraid to really deal with the good old boy system that has been predominant in the prison system. She's highly respected as a Christian, yet an angel on my tail, she's paralyzed by fear, and you learn later on what that fear is. And she's practically rebuked by her husband when she shares her intimate fear with him. And if you remember Job's friends, you must have done something wrong. You're supposed to be a man of God. It was similar to that where her husband is reminding her of Second Timothy, the first chapter and the seventh verse, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Well, that wasn't helping her case because an angel on my tail is the story of how God literally sent his angel to minister to her and to protect her in the midst of her paralyzing fear, which you learn is driving through torrential rain and the clamoring thunder at night. And in that, God reveals to her how he has been with her all along and he will always be with her. Amen, amen. And Linda, can you share with us your chapter, um, just a little bit about your chapter in the anthology. 
Sure. My story is entitled Beach Baby. Um, it's got a, a light kind of title, but it addresses kind of a heavy topic that, you know, I've gone through myself, uh, infertility and going through, you know, treatments and and that manifesting all of the, the strife and kind of uh, hurt that, that a woman and can uh, will go will go through when she's trying to conceive, and how that manifests itself in marital trouble. So I, I kind of explore that in the short story that that's entitled Beach Baby, and um, it does have a happy ending, but it does kind of address some some weighty topics. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Um, and the next question is, um, do you have any plans for an independent project or do you have an independent project? And we will start with Linda answering that question. I'm actually currently working on the third of, and possibly the last, and a series that I started in 2017. Um, it's a romance novella that's set in the 1970s in a small town. I'm a small town girl, and um, small town in North Carolina. And I'm wrapping up that series, and possibly will start on a historical. I'm I'm debating. <laughs> what the next project will be, but, um, yeah, I've got some ideas. I just don't quite – I'm not really committed on anything as of yet um, after I finish this uh, three-book novella series. And, Robin, can you answer the same question? Are you planning on any – independent project or do you have any independent project? Well, I'm currently rewriting a manuscript that actually took me 10 years to finish the draft. I'm a dinosaur when it comes to writing. I'm one of those who still prefers to use pen to paper. Uh, I know it takes longer, but I have a closer connection when I'm actually going from my hand directly onto the page. And in the rewrite, of course, I'm coming into the state of the art. I'm using the computer for that. And the title that I have currently for that is From Red Clay to Pearly Sand, Dirt is Just Dirt. And this is a heavier topic because it's born out of domestic violence and how it affects a young girl who's coming into that situation. But she's always been taught that she needs to believe in God and having to wrap her mind around how can you tell me to believe in God when I'm living in this situation day by day? And it chronicles her life from when she's a little girl to she becomes an adult woman. Oh, wow. I love that. I love it. I um, would love to read it when you're done with it. Now, I did, I have, so I'm going to do my questions a little bit out of order um, because I want to go back to, I know Linda talked about infertility, which we're very uh, related in the same kind of testimony. And then um, Robin talked about fear. So I just wanted to ask this question first. 
Um, what advice would you give to a person that doesn't believe or maybe struggling in their faith due to something like infertility or fear? And so, um, Linda, you can answer about infertility first. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, there was a quite a bit of struggle, even while I was writing. Um, and I, I'm glad I pressed through with my writing. And I wasn't writing about uh, women struggling with infertility. I wasn't writing necessarily about the things that I was going through. But I realized that it was writing that helped me kind of deal with the, the, the pain that I was feeling and the darkness that I was feeling. So I remember... Um, the only thing that got me going in the morning was going into my walk-in closet. At the time, we had like a, a one-room apartment before kids, obviously, um, and just crying. I mean, it, 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 with the door closed, my husband couldn't hear me, and, you know, I could get myself together before I went uh, into the bathroom and, and started getting ready for work and, you know, starting my day. But that was like a downward spiral into this darkness that I was covering up. Uh, I got really good about faking it, faking that everything was all right. But when I could write, to sit down and write, um, that helped me really go deeper. Um, I was struggling to trust God. I remember just having these discussions with my husband, doesn't God care, you know, I'm fasting, I'm praying, people are anointing me with oil, praying for my healing, and nothing's happening, doesn't he care? And so I was I was struggling, but I'm glad he gave me writing, because that was better than any therapy. <laughs> um, and, you know, eventually I didn't end up seeing, you know, professional help, professional Christian counselor, Um but that was after all those years of of um, realizing that writing was helping me unpack all those feelings of of fear and doubt and 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 the hurt. And after um, that season, you know, getting out of that darkness. And, and realizing that God really was at work in my life after that season, I'm glad I stuck with, or He He caused me to stick with um, the writing because it has been for me a lifesaver. Even if I had never published, and many of the things that I wrote during that time I haven't published, but it helped me deal with so many uh, things that you know felt like I was I was going insane. Um, but it was writing that he used, for me at least. And and everybody doesn't think they're a writer, but I'm of the belief that that creative side that the creator has put in all of us, he wants us to tap into that and just to use uh, writing or, or maybe even drawing or singing, writing poems or songs to kind of, find healing in, in, in that creative process. 
Amen. I agree that um, writing is free therapy because I I experienced the same thing that you're talking about, so I can relate. And Robin, the same um, the same question. What advice would you give to those that are struggling with their faith in God and dealing with something as the theme that you were talking about from your chapter? Well, in dealing with fear, you first of all, you have to admit that you're afraid. And too often as Christians, we want to just cast a wand over things and say, well, just pray about it. Or, you know, you're a Christian. You're saved. You shouldn't be worried about anything. You shouldn't be anxious about anything. And, you know, that goes into a bigger picture about depression and uh, addiction and different things that are going on in people's lives that we have to recognize that Jesus came for the whole person, not just so that we could live and go to heaven, but he also dealt with that person and with the things that were going on in their mind, things that, that were going on in their body. And so we have to take an example for him dealing with our Savior, dealing with the whole person. And when we're dealing with fear, which is what Rita dealt with, and some people may have felt that it was irrational, but it was based on something that had actually happened in her past when she trusted and believed in God and she had had an accident. And so once you have something occur in your past and you've believed and trusted in God, but yet it happened anyway, then that scar is there. And so it's not so easy sometimes for it to be healed, and we know that God can heal us. But the first thing is to recognize that we do have that open wound, and in this case it was her fear, and it came back to her with just a forecast. She was doing fine until the forecast came about the weather, and not only that, something that was beyond her control, she hadn't had to work at night. And so those factors just escalated and they dominoed into this just fear that was crippling her and crippling and affecting her faith because it was also affecting her relationship. And when you're dealing with fear, even in the household of faith, we have to go to people who are going to give us sound advice, not to criticize us, not to belittle us, but someone, a mature Christian, who's exemplifying the nature of Christ. And that's who we need to seek out and not lean into our own understanding, but we still have to go to the word for ourselves. But in the case of Rita, you know, she knew the word, she had lived the word, but in this particular case, it just wasn't enough. And God himself had to step in and show her that he was with her. And for anyone else that's struggling with their faith or struggling with fear, you don't do it alone. Don't just hide in your closet, you know, and say just try to pray your way through it. Join in agreement with someone who's walking in faith. Don't just go to anybody. And that's the mistake that we make sometimes. As a Christian, when we're struggling with our faith, we may have friends that may be very good friends to us. But if they're not saved, if they're not walking in Christ, they cannot give us the advice that we need to deal with a struggle that we have in faith because that's foreign to them. They're still of a carnal mind. So we have to go to someone who is of a spiritual mind to help us deal with those things that we're wrestling with on a spiritual perspective. Amen. Thank you, ladies, for sharing. Thank you for being transparent as well. 
Um, this is a great, great, great discussion. Um, before I ask the next question, is there anyone that has called in that has a question for one of the authors? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead to my next question. So, ladies, based on your experience and the things you've had to walk through in life, uh, my next question is, what other dreams or aspirations or plans do you have as a published author and to help others, you know, to help women or whoever, children, teens? So what are your other aspirations, dreams, or plans based on your experiences that you've had to walk through. And, um, Robin, we can start with you. Well, one of the things that I really want to do, I do freelance editing, but I haven't done that to the extent that I would like to because I believe that that's a gift that God has given me. And I see so many opportunities when people have a story. I think Linda sort of alluded to it earlier. Everyone thinks they can write a book. They may have a book within them, but not everyone can write a book. And they need to have someone with a second eye, a third eye, a fourth eye, or whatever. And so that's the role that I would like to play for other people who truly God has birthed a book within them, but they may have the concept, but they just don't have the skills to bring it to fruition. And so as I develop myself as not only an author, but continue to study to, so that I can be an effective editor for other people. That's a role that I really want to expand upon because so many people do have stories within them and they need someone to help them with that. So that's one of the things that I want to do within the foreseeable future to expand on what I've already already done. And, of course, with my role, I'm very active uh, in my church, Mount Bethel Ministries in Fort Lauderdale under Bishop C. Glover, and in being faithful to the church, there's different ministries that I participate in, and so I want to continue that because just as God has given me breath in my body, I work with from the babies to the seasoned saints. So, you know, I, I love them from the cradle to right before God calls them home. And so I want to continue to do that and expand and also help those nonprofits who are already doing it. God may not have called me to work with the teenagers directly. He may not have called me to work directly with someone who's abused. But I can help those people that God has put in place with these, and even children that are in trouble. So I don't want to stretch myself too thin, but God has already put organizations in my life and me in theirs where I help them in whatever way that I can. Amen. And Linda, same question. Um, a few, uh, actually, let's see. I can't remember when I started <laughs> doing, uh, I guess it was a few years back, doing freelance writing. Um, I've done some workshops with homeschool groups and with adults as well. In fact, Next month, I'll be doing a workshop with my church. Um, it's uh, more of a women's empowerment conference. I 
have a mini conference that we're having, and I'm doing a writing workshop for for that. And also, I started a website that um, the Face to Write is what I'm calling it, and it's geared more toward uh, writers that are, I guess, aspiring. We call them aspiring writers that. Um, maybe need that extra push that they wouldn't necessarily have access to um, because they can't afford it or because they don't have the the uh, they just don't know where to look. Um, as I remember starting out, and there wasn't much to uh, to to you know tap into and. I just kind of stumbled along, and so I started the Face to Write so that people wouldn't have to stumble along and make some of the same mistakes, um, whether it's self-publishing or traditional publishing. Uh, so that, that's two of the things that I'm sort of building. Okay, thank you. Thank you for sharing um Great, great information for everyone to be able to hear because that is needed, much needed. Um, my next question is similar to that one, but it's just a general question. What advice would you give to other aspiring Christian authors? And we'll start with Robin. Well, first, if you're not a reader, then it's hypocritical for you to aspire to be a writer. Uh, one of the things that really makes me cringe is when people say, oh, I've got this book I want to write, and, uh, but, you know, I'm not a big reader. Well, you know, if you don't read, how do you expect for other people to read what you've put out? And that's the first thing is to be uh, true about that. And also, you have to write. Stop thinking about it and just write. Um, also, you need to study the craft. You need to attend classes, whether you do it in person or online, about how to write. When I left my former career for two and a half years, that's what I did. When I decided that I wanted to write, um, I traveled around to find out what it, what it is about it. I've always been a reader, but it's a different thing when you aspire to be an author. So you do have to learn from people who have gone before you. And it's ongoing education. You never learn everything. Um, so those are the things that I would encourage people to do. And don't allow other people to discourage you. Hey, Amen. And Linda, the same question. What advice would you give to other aspiring Christian authors or writers? I'm sorry. Well, I could just say ditto. <laughs> I uh, well, I was I was sitting here just listening and nodding. I totally agree that um, you, if you're gonna write, you need to be a reader. If you're gonna write, even if it's just one book, and that's all you think you got, it's got to be a book that is sellable. That somebody wants to spend time, uh, spend their money buying it, of course, but then spend time. Um, reading it and 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 it it shocks me too when I hear people or see you know folks almost bragging on Facebook, you know I'm gonna write a book, but I hate to read. I was like, okay, hmm, 
<laughs> that's probably not going to end well um, because we we if we say we're going to learn how to play the guitar, we're we're all about buying some C. Well, now I'm I'm showing my age some CDs <laughs> or what have you to to show you how to play the guitar or the piano, you know, or or whatever. But when it comes to writing a book, oh, I know how to put a in front of you know or T and, and spell ad or had or you know I know how to spell and surely I know how to write a book and it doesn't translate that well. It's just, it's just about storytelling and people need to learn the the art and the craft of, of telling stories um, and knowing the difference between the genres and what people who are you know, uh, uh, connoisseurs of a certain genre, what they're really expecting. Um, and then, you know, being someone who can motivate yourself and sit in that chair and write, whether it's longhand, pen and paper, or at a computer, keyboard, or even, you know, if you're dictating that book, you're still, it can be a lonely task. And I don't think people have been told that enough. It's not very glamorous when you've hit a dead end and you've, you've written yourself into a corner and you're not even a third of the way through the book and you don't know how to get out of it. And many people abandon their book. So I, that's, a, that's a sad thing, but it happens a lot. Or they might finish it and then they're mad because nobody wants to read it. Well, you tried to publish your first draft. Um, and that's another thing. You know, the first thing that, first 100,000 words that comes out of your your fingertips onto the, the page might not be, you know, chances are it's not publishable. It needs to be revised and rewritten and edited. Um, and that's a tough thing to tell people when they thought, okay, this is this is it. I, it's a lot of words, and God gave it to me, and He may have, but He's also given us editors <laughs> and um, people who can help us craft the best story possible. So, or the best book. It might not be a, a, a fiction. It might be nonfiction, but even nonfiction needs to be edited. So that's that would be my advice. And, Denise, I have one other thing, too. Um, Unfortunate, I've been blessed. We're coming up on our second anniversary of the Mount Bethel Book Lovers, which is a a book club ministry at our church, and it exposes the ladies in that group. They all are avid readers, but they get to see a different uh, side of that, being part of a book club. And so even though we don't hear a lot about book clubs anymore, find one because that's a great resource for expiring writers also. Yeah. Yes, and I agree with you, ladies, because um, I began as a reader, um, and I've been an English teacher, so I can, you know, piggyback on what you all said. Um, I've been an English teacher for over 18 years, and it is different when you're writing. Um, I've been teaching writing for years, but you do have to, you know, training the craft, and um, 
I have devoured Christian books over the years, and so that is what helps me to, you know, formulate my stories and things like that. So I can agree with that. And also the first draft is never <laughs> the um, final copy. So, And that's just the rules of writing, you know. You have to uh, revise and edit and revise and edit some more. And so I totally agree with that. Uh, we have a couple other questions. Um, who um, has been your inspiration on your journey? Who has been your inspiration? Anybody um, that has been your inspiration? And, Robin, you can start. Well, first I would say it was my late maternal grandmother, Hattie Pearl McCant. Uh, my grand, I was the oldest grandchild, and my grandmother didn't let anyone stop her from bragging about me. I was the first in my family to go to college, and she let the whole world know, whereas my parents had to be careful uh, not to show any type of partiality or favoritism because you know, my grades may have been better. My grandmother, all hopes were off when it came to me. So that helped booster my confidence and my ability. Um, and later on, from a literary standpoint, I think the first book that I read that was written by an African-American was Maya Angelou's I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. And I was smitten at that time. And more recently, in 2004, was the first time I met Victoria Christopher Murray. And uh, between Victoria and Jacqueline Thomas, I think that they're seen as the mothers of what we view as Christian fiction now. And I've had many encounters with Victoria since then. She's been encouraging to me so far as my writing. Uh, she, she loves writing. She's passionate about not only writing and reading and teaching others. Uh, she's also an astute businesswoman and political analyst. So she's the type of person who's inspired me along this journey to know that there's, especially with having Christian fiction, that even though as Christian women we're not just relegated to reading the Bible, that we can read things that are uh, entertaining, but they're edifying as well from a spiritual standpoint. Yes, I love both of them. And the thank you all for sharing your testimony, sharing with um, the audience. And how can people contact um, you? And then we'll come back to, I know Linda needed to answer, but um, as you're answering, how can people contact you as well? So, Robin, you can go ahead and tell them about how they can contact you and then Linda well, I'm on Facebook as Robin Pendleton, that's P-E-N-D-L-E-T-O-N, -E and you can also reach me by email as RobinPendletonWright at gmail.com. Again, that's Robin like the bird, R-O-B-I-N-P-E-N-D-L-E-T-O-N, Wright, W-R-I-T-E-S, at gmail.com. Thank you, thank you, Robin. And Linda, same question, who has been your inspiration? And also, how can people contact you? Um, as far as inspiration, I, as a writer, mine is pretty eclectic. I've, you know, I started reading um, kind of adult kind of 
books, not like racy romance novels, but kind of, oh, like 1984, Animal Farm, (laughs) Uh, strange kinds of uh, sci-fi kind of things as a kid. And, you know, that's always kind of been in the back of my mind. One day I'm going to write like Octavia Butler and those those kinds of books. Um, But I would say as far as inspiration with Christian fiction, the one person, and I don't, and I'm, I'm frowning while I'm thinking because I don't think I've ever really told her. I should tell her. Rhonda McKnight is one of the first people in Christian fiction circles, and this was before she was published, that she was promoting my first book, and it blew me away. I think she's the first person who um, wrote a review for the book on Amazon, Um, and I had never met her. In fact, it was probably five years before I actually met her in person. Um, so that kind of of witness and and belief it did a, a lot for for me as a writer. It inspired me to write, uh, and I I admire her writing. Um, as far as how people can find me, I, I'm on it. Facebook author. Linda Lee Hargrove, that's Linda with an I, and Lee is L-E-I-G-H-H-A-R-G-R-O-V-E. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, at L.L. Hargrove is the handle on both of those. And people can email me at Linda at LLHargrove.com. Again, ladies, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing and being transparent. Um, Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you again for writing, for being obedient to God and writing what God has given you to write. We're going to go ahead and pray out. Father God, we thank you, O God, for this time. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for Linda and Robin, God. We pray that you would just touch their lives, God, that you would cover them, Lord God, and help them to continue to walk in the obedience that you have given unto them, O God, for them to walk according to your will and your way and continue to obey you. Father, we just bless you and we magnify you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast.